So there, there's something that uh, we felt we needed to cover tonight. Um, it, it jumps the gun a little bit. Uh, I wanted to talk about intention uh, because we're, we're going to cover this much more fully in um, the, the third session when we're looking at um, uh, the five aggregates and non-self and dependent origination. But um, And so I, I won't get into it uh, in the depth that we'll get into it then. But it's so important. It's such a big part of what you'll be doing during this uh, first quarter. Uh, because it, it, intention has a lot to do. It, it is kama. I mean, one of the um, synonyms is kama formations. It, it, it's intention. It's all the same thing. Uh, and so it's a, it's a bit that's sort of um, determining and directing the course of action. And so um, it does very much play into your work with the precepts and with wholesome and unwholesome and uh, all of this. So um, I just wanted to take this evening and put some things on the table that maybe uh, maybe many of you are quite familiar with, but maybe not. And uh, it, it's if in, just in case you're not, then this is a piece that could be very very helpful as you're trying to you know clean up your act or <laughs> that, that kind of thing. So, um, and it comes from really recognizing that uh, so much of the time when we're working with um, sila um, and, uh, and just any kind of um, uh, wish or aspiration or intention in our lives, uh, it can be very, very frustrating because um, uh, we, we might have certain agendas we want to be able to do certain things to improve ourselves, to, to move things in another direction. Um, and, and things like, uh, especially now, as you're establishing some um, uh, agendas in a way, you know, you you want to uh, be able to keep the precepts as fully as we can, you know, and uh, we want to be able to have a schedule in our practice uh, to follow through, to, to maintain, to establish and maintain a regular sitting practice. We want to be able to do all the things that we can do to uh, give our, ourselves a real leg up on this stuff, like eating right and getting enough sleep and having exercise. And this isn't new. We've all been doing this um, throughout our lives. But particularly now, you know, you just you sort of get this feeling of you want to pump up the volume, you know, up the ante on all of this stuff. And, and certainly, uh, as you've seen in the past, I'm sure, we all uh, can have a, a high degree of success when we put our mind to something. You know, you can uh, establish some, some uh, fixed aspiration and, and follow through. And uh, Because the thing is that, it, especially when it comes to practice, we're all very, very motivated. <laughs> we're highly motivated. And so um, uh, we're able to manage somewhat uh, the, the things that we wish to do to support our practice. But, you know, no matter how motivated <laughs> and how pumped up we are, I'm sure you've seen, whether it's with... the, the things that have to do with practice or just other issues in our lives, where there's that sense of wanting to change something, wanting to move something, to, to shift things. Um, you know, no matter how hard we try, uh, over time, uh, that aspiration or that wish, that intention will begin to fade. You know, the old ways will start coming in. And uh, it can be enormously frustrating because, you know, you can't, we can't keep it up. <laughs> can't keep it going long enough to realize the, the goals that we've set for ourselves. So in this sense, you know, practice and our lives in general can be very frustrating. 
I, or maybe it's just me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was hitting the mark there, you know. <laughs> You're just trying to, to, it just gets very frustrating trying to manage and control these simple things. And so, fortunately, the Buddha just comes in, he just has so much, there's so much help in the teachings and, and understanding all of this. And so um, the first thing that I want to talk about is just uh, how intention is used, the, the, the uh, word and the experience of intention is uh, the meaning that is conveyed in the Buddhist teachings. This is chetana. You've probably heard it before. Well, it doesn't carry with it the same meaning that um, we use, when we use it in everyday language. You know, like you, you sort of say, well, I intend to do this, I intend to do that. Um, it, it's much more subtle and much more primary than that. That, um, that kind of intending is something more that I put in the category of resolutions or determinations or, or just thoughts. You know, you get a lot of ideas about a way that we want to uh, behave and, and um, we think that that's enough, you know. And, and just because I have the idea that I want to go in this direction that I should be able to do that. But the, uh, what he's pointing to is that the thing that's actually... Um, driving action uh, isn't that it's something much more subtle and, and much more primary it's, it's a, like a very, a very um, subtle and soft impulse that takes place in, in the mind and heart so it's not thought it's not that course um, and you know we touched on this a little bit today he says it's, uh, it's present in every single moment of our lives uh, we have this famous quote from the Buddha, having willed, one acts through body, speech, and mind. It's will, it's volition, it's intention. Something precedes, uh, as subtle and, and primary as it might be, something is moving internally to direct the course of actions, and nothing happens without it. it it's the prime mover and shaker of it all. So literally... Intention is where all the action is. So you see why it becomes so important to understand uh, what's going on here. And we touched a little bit on this today too, that the Buddha said that there's six kinds of intention. And three of them are unskillful, greed, hatred, and delusion. And three of them are are skillful, um, non-greed, non-hatred, non-delusion, or however you you see that. And and so the, the idea here is that whichever one comes up in each moment, literally. Whichever one we intend, that's what we get. That's, where, that's the direction that the um, uh, thoughts and actions through body, speech, and mind go. Uh, so anything born out of the unskillful intentions, if you will, um, things like envy and hatred and jealousy and sloth and all of these uh, heavier states, um, they'll bring about suffering. They, they are uh, suffering states in and of themselves. You know, the, the, the experience of them is, is painful. And they uh, precipitate action that uh, moves us down that path. So they, they cause us to behave in unskillful ways. So, but, but even just the subtle arising of them can be quite painful. And so, um, the, as we were saying today, too, that some of the people refer to this as um, the Buddhist definition of hell. I mean, you can believe in hell realms if you want. But in the moment of the arising 
uh, let alone the action on any kind of an unskillful intention. This is what one might call as a hell realm. <laughs> you know, it's it's painful stuff. It's suffering and difficult. Where, where by contrast, um, uh, the heavenly states are <clears throat> occur when the um, actions arise out of these skillful intentions. You know, so you get kindness and compassion and equanimity, concern, generosity, all, all of these beautiful states. Uh, and uh, they, they um, create very happy states in the heart and in the mind. So the, the, the quality of the uh, intention in each moment um, is, uh, determines how we feel, <laughs> whether we're uplifted and light and happy, whether we're um, depressed, sad, pulled down uh, in one way or another. Uh, so whether we're literally, whether you're living in a hell realm or, or a heaven realm in any given moment. And, and so just to, to feel that, you can see that um, the quality of the intention uh, that arises in any given moment <clears throat> is directly linked with how we feel in the present, with what's going on for us in this very present moment. And um, it is a player in the future, it's, it's not unconnected with the future because uh, there's a momentum you know that, that uh, what, what happens uh, when we follow that intention or when we just buy into it and soak in it and um, uh, linger with it for a while is we um, establish a, a kind of a, um, a, 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 a sort of like a, a movement of the mind an inclination of the mind to do that again you know, anytime we buy into it, anytime we follow it, um, we're, we're literally um, cultivating it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that, it's that basic and that real. So uh, when we choose well in the present, then uh, it's likely that we'll, be, we'll do that in the future. But when we fail to choose well or skillful or wholesome or healthy in the present, then it's likely that we'll, do, we'll go in that direction in the future. You set a course of action. And, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but this, 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 this stuff was just very helpful to me because you get, you get these, you know, you, you, throughout life you get these things going in this direction for a while and then something happens and breaks it up. Usually we get bored or sick of ourselves and then we, and then we go, start going in another direction for a while but you can't keep that up and, it's not, you know, we just get disinterested and that drops and you, you go, you know, it's these pendulum swings back and forth, back and forth. So our, our, our current actions and, and choices uh, condition uh, future experiences and choices as well. And um, the thing is, though, it's not, um, it's not foreordained. It's not the only player in the future. It's not like you're bound to a habit that you create in this moment uh, because there is always the possibility of bringing awareness to that future moment and um, that awareness being used in a skillful enough way to throw the switch, right? But that's a big if, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we're also conditioning awareness. You know, and if you weren't aware now, that, that's another thing that's not being, um, uh, that isn't likely to uh, come up in the future. So just, just noticing this momentum that uh, habits have, patterns, karmic formations, volitions, that they, they get into, you can get into a rut with certain patterns, can't you? And it's not that uh, far out. You, we've all seen it. 
you know, I, I call it my, I bet you can't eat just one syndrome, you know. It's that, that, move, that snowball effect when you get going with something that you uh, like and something that you don't like, something that's attractive and something that's unattractive, that, that the clinging um, is there all the same with either of these. We establish a, a habit or a pattern. So, um, it, it's interesting, because it, then what we're saying here, it, it's as if that at every single moment of our lives, every single moment, you're like you're standing at a crossroads, and, and you have the option to choose to do something that's skillful, and that is a happy state, or to choose something that's not skillful, and, that, and that's an, an unhappy state. And you're, in a way... Uh, by making those choices affecting not only now but um, something down down the road and it's a very profound teaching you know just to to realize this i mean uh, until until understanding the, this teaching or studying it or looking in our own practice, we probably don't even see this it would just it, you just walk around all kind of confused and muddled why can't I clean up my act why can't I get set a course and stay on a course why can't i um, establish myself in the kinds of behaviors and patterns that I would like instead of the ones that I have. <laughs> you know, why can't I do that? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it was a muddle. It was just a big ball of confusion until I start, you start to unpack all of this. And so, you know, that's the the obvious questions that arise as you as you look at uh, these patterns. And if it if it's that basic and that simple that at every moment I have that option then why don't I do it you know why don't I always choose the, the, the take the skillful course I mean, we, we clearly want to right everybody I mean if you if you could never have another angry hateful thought in your life or never do go down another unskillful road wouldn't you do it <laughs> you know it's like but it's so obvious, of course, if, if, it, if it is that true, that I have that choice at all times, then, then why don't I do it? And so you, you sort of get this feeling that, well, there's got to be more to it. You know, something's going on here that I'm not taking in. It, it, it can't be that simple, you know, because certainly I would choose heaven, <laughs> you know, given, given the choice. So there has to be more to it. And um, this is where this uh, teaching on chaitana intention can be so helpful. And to understand um, why we find it difficult is to choose to, to go in the most skillful direction and then to stick with it and, and um, uh, to hang out with those kinds of options all of the time. Where we just have to come to understand how intention works. And uh, this, was, this is news. Uh, this is, and it's good news, ultimately. Uh, as we begin to un- unravel and look and see for ourselves how it works. So the, the first um, order of business is to, is to realize that it is um, rarely, rarely conscious. <laughs> so, oh, poo, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's rarely conscious. It's very, very subtle and rarely conscious. You know, and I was asking one of my teachers about it one time, and, 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 and he said that actually, when, when in, in his perspective, from his perspective, one of the most rare things uh, in human experience is to actually see uh, the arising of intention. 
It's very, it's, it's that subtle and almost completely unconscious. And so uh, what the Buddha is saying here is that just in the same way that uh, many of our thoughts and feelings occur, arise out of the scope or the realm of our conscious awareness, they're just bubbling up into our awareness, uh, or even sensations in the body, that all, all of these uh, conditioned arisings of the body and mind are, are happening um, um, out of conditions. They aren't necessarily uh, conscious, they can be made conscious, but they aren't necessarily something that we see when they're happening. So it's, it's happening very quickly and very subtly. And one of the things that you, you know, if you've done intensive meditation retreats, it's really fascinating to see uh, how they, uh, the teachers direct the course of your practice. So that uh, maybe for the first um, week or so, they're encouraging you to, to be aware of the breathing, to be aware of uh, sensations in the body. And then maybe uh, getting into the second week or so, they expand that to include more of the, the senses, like, like uh, sounds and sights, to try to isolate the moment when you're actually seeing when you're actually hearing, you know, and, and not to proliferate about it, but just to be able to um, isolate the arising of these uh, physical events, yeah? And then maybe into the uh, second week or so, they, they, towards the end of the second week or early th- third week, they start to gear us towards um, feeling, the feeling tone, just walking through the Satipatthana Sutta. Okay, now, see if you can be sensitized to that arising of delight that when something's pleasant and the contraction in the physical form and in the mind when something's unpleasant. Just see if you can be attuned to that. And notice the more exalted versions of this and the ordinary versions, the worldly and the unworldly versions of this. And then uh, little by little, um, can, do, can you notice the arising of thought? Can you see thought as thought. Now, this is getting really good. This is very mature practice. And many a person spends an entire three-month retreat and never really sees thought as thought. So we, we need to know that and say that. But, but after you uh, work with things for a while, you begin to be able to uh, get, get the non-attachment going well enough that um, you sort of build a momentum just from being able to be with sensation with non-attachment and non-identification then gradually you work your way up the ladder and be able to see something as intimate and personal as feeling and thought, mind states and moods, as, uh, almost as if they're not yours. You know, they're, they're uh, events, they're arisings, and uh, you have to get quite still to be able to see that. And so then, then maybe about the fourth week or so, you know, after one has built up a, a, a capacity to see in an ever-increasing refined way, to, to, to notice the bubbling up of things, literally, then, then the teachers begin to say, well, see if you can notice the intention. Right? And so uh, you know, that now what you're beginning to do is, just as you've been practicing through months and weeks, is um, you can isolate out different aspects of your experience by turning the attention to those different aspects. Like, you know, you can do this, you can do it the same time you want. Selectively attend to sensation. Selectively attend to feeling. Selectively attend to the mind. 
and now selectively attend to the arising uh, of in- intention. But it, uh, and and so, but it, it's it's so subtle that it takes a, a lot of refinement in the looking to be able to see it, right? Uh, and then um, uh, the people who actually uh, get sensitized to it um, often uh, report or, or uh, describe it as not something that is even. Uh, it, it's almost like it's not even a, a mental event because it has a, such a, a physical component to it, where it, it, it's often experienced as kind of like a, you know, you're, like I'm about to take a step. I'm, a, I'm about to have a thought. Uh, and literally thoughts and feelings are like bubbles coming up to the surface, maybe in a fish tank or something like that. You know, sort of blah, 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 blah. Right? It, it gets, it, 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 you have to get the seeing that refined to be able to, to get a, a sense of it, to, to be able to see it and feel it. And, and so what we're saying here is that the, the mechanism that is directing actions through body uh, and speech and, and mind uh, comes up quite automatically, is very subtle, and quite unconscious. And yet it's the mechanism that's determining my happiness and my unhappiness, the skillful choices and the unskillful choices. Literally, it's the mechanism that has the power to take me all the way to nirvana, right? (laughs) That's what it comes down to. And I don't know about you, but when I started to figure this out or reason this out and see what's being said here and look into my experience, I was like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, how in the heck am I supposed to get free? You know, <laughs> I can't even see it. It's unconscious. It's the it's the mechanism by which it's all happening. And and if you you know do these long retreats and you see what it takes to actually see it, you know, then it, it's real. It's a it's a real um, downer. <laughs> you know, it's a real bummer because it's like. How, how am I supposed to manage that? How am I supposed to control that? I can't, I can't sustain these states of mind. You know, this is, it, it took me three weeks to get into it, you know? How can, I, how can I sustain this kind of seeing? And that's what it feels like. And it, and it feels like because of the, um, the, the sense of self. But what, what you don't see, uh, what I didn't know and didn't understand... Uh, for a long time, really, is that um, the teachers aren't guiding us to see intention so that we can control it. That that's, that seemed logical to me, you know. But um, they're trying to get us to see the fact that you can't control it, that it's not subject to the control of self. And that has to be seen directly for each of us, has to see that directly for ourselves. And that's why, certainly, if I could control it, I would, and I would choose all the good stuff. But so you have to conclude at some point that it's not subject to your control. And this is where, this is a key player uh, when the sense of self starts to break up, you know, because uh, at some point along the way, you've got to throw in the towel. That bit that thinks it's in the driver's seat um, has to be seen through. And, and relinquished. 
So, you know, this is, and this is a huge awakening to, to, to realize that intention, chaitana, is not under the control of self. And, and so, and this is, you know, I guess now it's really, people say meditation isn't interesting. I don't get it, you know. It's like, oh man, this is getting good now. <laughs> Let me see if I can really sort the rest of this out and figure, figure this out. So, um, you know, you have this sense, you start to begin to realize that you have this sense that, you know, like I, I remember this old Woody Allen movie where I think it was the um, Everything You Want, and it wasn't, it wasn't like Everything You Want to Know About Sex, but we're afraid to ask. But one of those ones where uh, he's, he's like, he creates a, a sort of a brain center, you know, a control center in the mind. And, and he has all these guys in suits at these big panels, you know, and they're trying to um, direct the course of activity in the body while somebody is having sex, right? And he's going, oh, no, you've got to get in there, you've got to raise the temperature up, and, you know, your, the sperm cells got to get moving and all like this, you know. And it was, it's really funny, but the scene is great because it's like uh, somebody is uh, at the control panel, and pushing the buttons, ringing all the bells, turning all the levers, and making things happen. And it's a, it's a very simplistic image, but let's be honest. I mean, we, they, it, you, you don't consciously think that's the way it is, but we do have a sense that, that somebody, something in here is running the show. There's a CEO. Somebody's at the helm. Somebody's steering the ship. Right, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> it's very simplistic, but in the unawakened state, um, that's that's how we see it. But the Buddhist teachings are saying, in no uncertain terms, it is simply not that way. And this can feel like bad news, but it is such good news. I mean, I don't know about you, but if if my liberation is up to me, you know, <laughs> I'm in deep doo doo. <laughs> You know, and it, so it's a relief. You can go, oh, 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 it's not happening that way. Oh, <laughs> that's very, very helpful to see. And and so what he's saying here is that it's a it's a mental event that operates just like everything else. It arises out of conditions. The thing that's running the show is arising out of conditions, just like everything else that's going on. And, the, uh, and, and so you begin to see that intentions arise. These impulses that are directing the course of action are just bubbling up to the surface and, and doing that and, and uh, uh, having in, um, at least um, moving us in the direction of whether we follow it. That's, that's, where it's, that's the next stage or the next little bit that we have to see. But the arising of this stuff is uh, actually determined by habit. And condition, and so you see why why uh, the the confusion and the frustration, but also when we understand what the Buddha is getting at in in his teaching, uh, you can see the way out because it's not that those intentions can't change. You know, if it was all set in place by past actions and they couldn't, then you 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 know we we wouldn't have a chance. It just all have to keep going the way that it is. But while they're highly conditioned, it, it, it can go in another direction. But the, the mechanism for it going in another direction is 
And this is where you come full circle, right back to the first day of our first meditation retreat and the first instruction that we hear. Uh, the mechanism for changing it is um, relax, pay attention. If you see the intention going this way, you know, be kind. If you see it going that way, be kind. <laughs> hold, hold whatever we see arising in ourselves with the utmost awareness uh, and kindness that we can muster without buying into it, which is the greed element. We're, we're relating to our own intentions with grabbing, pushing away, and not seeing. And so the, the, the way to turn that around is to um, uh, see it and do your level best um, not to buy into it if it's unskillful uh, and, um, and not to hate it. And, and that's a big, that's, I mean, to me, that's the, that's the bulk of practice is to try to find a way uh, to uh, relate to what's arising in our hearts and in our minds with that kind of objectivity uh, so that um, you don't entrench it. And it, Like I was saying last night, if you hate it just a little bit, then you guarantee, you, you, you actually get deeper in. You, you don't, you, we, don't get, we don't get out. We actually get deeper in. And so, uh, you know, it's like, it's fascinating now. So now the meditation is getting really good because you're more like, over the years of practice, and don't you find this to be true? You become more and more like somebody who's almost watching a parade, you know, or an observer. Uh, and, and you do have those moments like the WFMs, you know, where it's like, it, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Where is it going to go? You don't know. But, boy, is that way better than blindly going in a direction that takes us uh, down a, a, a hurtful path, right? So it does get purified. The intention does get purified over time, uh, but it doesn't do it, do it down the usual paths. It's, it's not happening because uh, I, I want it to go in a certain direction. Uh, in fact, if, it, if it, as long as we keep grabbing onto that perspective, then uh, it, we stay in it. We stay in the old patterns. So cleaning up our act and, and moving um, behaviors in, in the direction of the, the, scri- the three um, skillful intentions is, is merely, uh, well, not merely, but it is an outcome, or, or it's being driven by uh, mindfulness and kindness and non-judgment. That those are the players, and I don't know about you, but when I get it, when I get there, if that's if if that's what it takes, then you, you I go well, I can do that. <laughs> it's the making myself not be the way I am that I can't do, but I can know the way I am, and uh, I can feel the experience of it. I can know from my direct experience what. Um, Leads to suffering, and what doesn't? That I can do. I can. I mean, this is this is where the, what the Buddha is saying is this is doable, uh, and, he, and he promises us that it's doable. That that you, you really start to get it, you know. 
it's definitely doable. I can, I can do this. I can see this. I can manage this for myself. So, you know, the Buddha's formula, if you will, um, for uh, liberating the mind is to um, pay attention before, during, and after. You know, he, said, he says that in that beautiful sutta to his son, that that's the formula, before, during, and after, which to me says um, it's never too late <laughs> to come in on it. You know, you don't have to catch it when it's bubbling up. You don't even have to catch it when it's happening. If after it's all over, you can go back and reflect on it and realize what just happened, that's good enough. And, and most, of the, uh, most of practice starts like there, you know. And little by little, like one of the measures, I think, of, of, of getting some skill in practice is that you're coming in on things more and more um, towards the before end of the uh, continuum. So just, just understanding intention and, and how it um, operates, it just gets us to a place where we're just more relaxed and honest about what we see arise in us. It's not personal. And it really isn't personal. I mean, there's one level at which you could say it's personal. It's a fruit of past actions. And so, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's said that if there's anything of which it can, you, can be said, this is uh, who you actually are, it's your karma. <laughs> You know, that this is that as a fruit of past actions, then yeah, okay, in that sense it is. But it, it, if you uh, collapse it down to the moment when things arise, um, it, it is actually the case that, um, that what is arising as a fruit of past actions is um, so completely and utterly set in place that it, 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 it's like it, it doesn't make sense to relate to it in a personal way. It, it, it just, it, it, it's an arisen event, and so uh, it makes uh, anything that um, reacts to it with hatred or resistance, uh, especially hatred, it, like it, doesn't, it makes no sense at all. There's nothing to be done about the arising of uh, what's called vipaka karma, resultant karma. There, there's nothing we can do about it. And I, f- I find that very heartening. Far from being depressing, it's like, okay, I did it. And I did that thing in the past, and the fruit of that is going to, going to arise. Uh, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, and just make peace with that. But I can be there when that happens. <laughs> and everything is predicated on that moment anyway. So it doesn't make any sense to, to go bonkers as we do. We just beat up on ourselves and hate ourselves and wish we could be some other way and we do that with each other you know we want somebody else to be free of their karmic patterns you know that's of course a cause of great strife in, in relationships but so so it's uh, it's very good news to in the sense to that um, we what we need to do is to uh, be there in the moment for the arising as much as we can and, and to feel it and um, trust that that is the method, that's the strategy. Uh, it, it feels like you're not doing anything, you know, because you're used to being in there cracking the whip. But um, much more is happening in that than uh, any um, effort to 
to manage or control it through the sense of self. So change happens, but it happens through minor adjustments over a period of time that, that, that are proceeding from the direct experience of what it's like to be the way that we are. And that's, that, granted, that, that takes a lot just to get to that. You've got to get through all the muck that hates it and wants it to be some other way. To, that's why kindness and non-judgment are so important. We have to, we have to get under all of that and just um, hold what arises as cleanly um, as we possibly can. So that the, the key player in this is, is not me and what I decide to do and who I decide I should be and the way I want to become. You know? That's not a player at all. If we're going to get free, we get free in spite of that, not because of it. The, 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 the player is the uh, uh, relaxation, the awareness, the kindness, the equanimity. And so I don't know about you, but I find all this to be just very, very helpful and very, very good news. And, uh, and you, we find out over and over again by watching it that indeed what the Buddha is getting at here is true. This is how it happens. This is how we... If, if any... If we ever learned anything in our lives, this is how it happened. If, if any, any patterns ever shifted in our lives, this is how, this is how they happen. And so just a, one, one final piece that I, I find enormously helpful is that recognizing that in the moment when there is the arising of resultant karma, when that pattern that we have established from past actions arises, in that moment, and for a moment, there, that is completely neutral. There is absolutely no karma created in the moment of that's arising. So that, that helps too, I understand. It makes, it makes absolutely no sense to hate it. There's nothing going on. It's neutral. You know, um, the only you're only creating new karma. We only create what Buddha calls fresh karma um, in uh, the way that we respond. And so we we're still even even if it's a horrible um, resultant uh, formation, a, 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 a very um, negative or unwholesome pattern, uh, in the moment of its arising, it's neutral. There's, there's nothing um, unskillful about it in its arising. It's all predicated on what you do when it, when it comes up. That, I just find that so um, potentially liberating. <laughs> it's such good news. Because, again, as I was saying earlier, what it, what it says is that um, our work is to be there or to be here, <laughs> and to hold here in the proper way. And the rest of it takes care of itself. You know, I, I, I realized a number of years ago that, uh, you know, I'll be darned, all this stuff they say about the human birth being so fortunate, uh, it's true that because the, the capacities that we have as a human being are such that um, freeing the mind as possible. It's literally in the hardware. <laughs> you have the capacity to know. 
you have the capacity to feel, and uh, and and that's a that's the me- that's part of the mechanisms, right? And, and so the rest is just learning um, how to use the the software, what I call the software, which is the the uh, the mindfulness, the uh, relaxation, the kindness, and the non-judgment. Just finding out how how to um, generate and sustain those kinds of responses to everything that comes up. I mean, just doing that, <laughs> let alone the what you can affect through doing that, is a very happy state in itself. Just to be in in the world in this way. So if we could just not react <laughs> to our patterns and habits. And I would add, I mean, this all gets worked out with each other, to do the same thing with each other. This is where Sangha is so important. You, you, when you, as we develop the skill in working with our own patterns in this way, and we see that it's true, we see that it works, then um, our relationships get a real leg up. <laughs> because, uh, you know, what, what, if I've learned not to hate my own craziness, I'm not going to hate yours either, you know. <laughs> and so all the all the stuff that that, that you do that drives me nuts, you know, uh, takes on a whole new perspective. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's it. That's all we got to do. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. It's really not that much. It's just a matter of time, isn't it? So uh, may it be so for all of us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.